1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn,
2: you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
3: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is... You in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
4: Jepson's there. Philly, the goal. Chris Billy town. The most famous goal of Chris Philly's life. This is the moment for Lee Fowler It is, take your place in Division 2
5: Huddersfield
2: thank you
0: Steve Simonson's boots now He's missed Steve Simonson clears the frame of the goal And collapses in a heap of tears Huddersfield Town are to promoted the... Stuffer Schindler the chance to
4: write his name in Huddersfield Town Legend. And he takes that!
6: Good evening and welcome back to the Andy Takes That Chance podcast. It's hot in the city, hot in the city tonight but the thermostat has been turned down on Danny Schofield as the Terriers get their first win of the season to ease the pressure on the old Kilner favourite. Coming up this week we look back on the Stoke game and in particular three players who we thought made a difference and of course there's some love for the head coach. We'll do our best to ignore the Preston Cup game and we'll look at the devilry that is players' social media. Uh, stay tuned at the end as well for an impromptu version of the warm up. So, welcome to episode 150. It promises to be an episode spectacular. I can't roll my R's, um, but we'll maybe work <laughs> on that. Joining me, and I'm very, very lucky to have them, are the old faithful Richard Cosy Kosmala, and all the way from the USA, it's Jerry Hinnan. So, we did try. And get a number of other people, other lads to join us on the podcast. Brady, Bradshaw, even Farouk, Johnny, Pause, Phil. And a big ask went out to the warden of Whopper Watch, Neil Wayne as well. But alas, we've been left with Ken Davey and Andrew Watson and the empty <coughs> chair on screen. So that brings back, I'm sure, some memories for you, Cosy, and a scowl, no doubt. Um, right, guess what? We can talk about a win. How good is that? So hello everybody on, on that have joined us on YouTube. Um so I've, as always let us know if you can hear us okay I'm sure you can because I've had a quick listen to the uh, the bits coming through uh, and good evening to the 20 people that have joined us so far so um without further ado uh, this episode is sponsored by Magic Rock Brewing uh use our code AHTTC10 for 10% off all your online orders at magicrockbrewing.com uh, also get yourselves down there as well on a match day because it's pretty decent with the food trucks and all sorts of things going on so uh, yeah Big ups to Magic Rock, who uh, sponsored this podcast. Uh, We love them very much. Okay, so Huddersfield Town 3, Stoke City 1. Amazing, we get to talk about a win. So it was all pretty downbeat, wasn't it, Uh, in the previous couple of episodes. And and I think we should start really by saying we hate podcasting, don't we, Cosy? when we're losing games and we have to say negative and critical things about people that we like, like Danny Schofield and the players that we like. It's not fun, is it, really? You kind of come away feeling a little bit down after you finish podcasting, don't you? Because you've had to say things you don't really want to say in public about, about some things, but you know, such is the, the thing of doing podcasting. and you've got to say it as you see it. And you've got to be honest. And thankfully we have a week this week whereby we can be honest and say, what a really good do that was. And, uh, Uh, Just a a translation for you there, Jerry. That was it's a very good day to uh, to be a Huddersfield Town fan. So (laughs) thank
2: you, I appreciate
6: that. (laughs) I'm going to say the last time we spoke to you, Jerry, was uh, our last time I did. It was when you were coming over for Wembley, weren't you? You got the aeroplane over from Greenbow, Alabama, or close by, Greenbow, Alabama,
7: uh, to
6: give or take a few (laughs) hundred miles. (laughs) And um, you know, you you uh, you came over and uh, just tell us about your day um, at Wembley and what it was like for an American. Uh or just feel town yeah. fan to come over and uh and see what you saw.
2: Yeah, I, I think I was probably the happiest town fan at the end of the day, maybe the only happy one. Obviously, the results sucked. Uh mm-hmm. the game sucked in a lot of ways. Um, but you know, I got to hang out with a lot of new best friends, like in the town fan zone, and you know, just uh to talk to somebody in person, and I've said this before and say things like, ah, oh, man, Sorba Thomas has had such an incredible season. I hope we can hang on to him and set piece or deliveries or, you know, just so great and have somebody respond where they actually understand that I'm speaking the same language that they are uh, as opposed to give me this sort of blank look, you know, it's just, even that little bit of interaction is fantastic. And then to be at Wembley, which is the sort of thing I wanted to do for, you know, 20, 25 years, uh, you know, wasn't able to make it uh, in the Wagner season to be there for that, just to watch town walk out onto that pitch surrounded by other town fans to actually be there in the moment. Um, you know, even despite the result, that's something I'm going to remember forever. Uh, I would, I don't have any regrets about buying the plane ticket, about getting over there, about being in the stands for that game. Um, It was a tremendous experience. Uh, And then I met Ian Holloway on the tube uh, back to the place where I was staying. So uh, it it all worked out.
6: He also – you saw a lot of, uh, I believe the Ian Holloway story started off by uh, the Nottingham Forest fans being quite typically Nottingham Forest fans, didn't it? With, uh...
2: There were, uh, yes, they were, uh, by uh, the time balance. I left, I hung out, uh, <laughs> you know, applaud the team off. I didn't, I decided I was going to soak up as much Wembley as I possibly could. So by the time I left for the tube station, it was me and 5,000 Nottingham Forest fans. Uh, and so the tube was me and a clutch of Nottingham Forest fans and Ian Holloway. And so, yes, uh, this one forest fan who had clearly had uh, more than his fair share to drink uh, was giving me a little bit of a hard time, and uh, Ian Holloway basically uh, told him to shut up in, in so many terms. Uh, as he's Holloway was basically just sort of holding court on the tube, you know? Like, everybody there knew who he was. We're talking about the Blackpool days and, uh, you know, his country, what he thought of the match and that sort of thing. He was uh, soaking it up uh, exactly the way you would expect. Like that was sort of the great thing about the moment was that Ian Holloway was being exactly what you would expect Ian Holloway to be. Um, you know, it's just a little, little nice capper to the experience. I would say, I know a lot of town fans have, you know, still have a bit of a grudge against him for his, uh, expectations for town, uh, mm-hmm. the season they went up, uh, under Wagner. I think he had his peg for relegation that year. Um, so, you know, uh, but, He's a charismatic dude. He was fun to talk to, and his Blackpool side was great. Love those guys. Yeah,
6: yeah. So let's talk about Huddersfield Town three Stoke one, which is fun to talk about as well. So uh, finally, I think one thing that we were sort of um, harang, well not haranguing, but mentioned that we thought didn't work with what Danny Schofield was trying to do was the out of the out of possession shape, the defensive shape that the, that the team were playing in. It was it was very 2 I was not a fan of it. Um, Stephen Chicken wasn't a fan of it either. In you know the Examiner and. We wanted to see a return to a similar shape that we had last season. We had a, you know, a lot of success with last season, and I think the hallmarks of a good coach is one that listens—not necessarily to me—but you know, a coach that listens is able to analyse and is flexible and adaptable, and has enough about him to sort of look at something and say, "Okay, the way I've gone here hasn't worked. I'm going to change it." And I think that says a lot about the character of Danny Schofield as well—that he's been able to do that quite early on, uh, and he and he shifted it and. We're gonna talk about three, I think, specific players uh who I think contributed massively to odersfield Towns win yesterday. Um they're gonna be Kane Kessler Hayden, uh Lee Nichols a little bit, Nakiyama and uh Jack Radoni. You know, the, those three or four players we mentioned there were huge on the day. But, you know, the, the defensive switch I thought was huge. Um Cosley, I know you're not you don't like to talk about tactics massively, but you could see that players really looked um much happier really didn't they they kind of looked happier in what they were doing defensively organisationally and structurally town looked a lot better didn't they and you know early on in the game Huddersfield just seemed a little bit more at ease um than than what they were in previous games
1: yeah we did but I'd say it might be a controversy I thought we were very lucky to win the game uh, I, I was surprised to be honest with you I, I were ready to take my point uh, once they equalise I think I don't know Oh, I like betting in play, but I think once Baker put, slotted his, uh, you know, it's f- kind of finished with poor, poor defending, I thought, for their goal. I thought there was only one winner there, Willis Town. But no, uh, yeah, it, it was a nice surprise. It's nice when you watch a game of football, isn't it, where you're surprised uh, at the ending, and, and even better when it's your team that's kind of doing the surprising as well, because I did think that we were, I mean, we were critical, obviously, last week, Matt, of the, of the subs and stuff like that as well, and... I thought he got it bang on the money uh you know yesterday and and dwayne almost made a big impression, but yeah, I think the things that were noticeable for me yesterday we look a lot more solid. we looked like you said there kind of sits in, people seems to know the rules better it's kind of we revert even though a lot of the players' names were different, you know people kind of reverted to type as well, but it was just the the finish that really got the, that galvanized me not just that we won, but it's just kind of we finished strong and uh yeah, all I thought yesterday was, no matter whether we deserved it or not, we had to win. Honestly, even maybe to not lost, it sounds a bit bad, This, but even a, a battling point would have been an improvement on what we've seen the first two weeks, but to get the win, it was just absolute bonus territory, really, as well, and uh, yeah, to get a third, we've been quite greedy at the end, mm. but Michael, Michael O'Neill, I had an interview from him last night, and he said, I don't know how they've lost that game, and, and I agree, but they have, and I'm very grateful that they are.
6: I could tell him how they lost that game. It was quite straightforward for me, but I think we'll talk about some of the points. So the first player I want to talk about is Kane Kessler Hayden. Uh, arrived at Huddersfield on Friday. We didn't really get much of a sniff of the, about this until sort of the day before um, he arrived fairly quickly. I believe trained briefly once on the Friday after he'd done his photo shoot and his medical, you know, all the the bits and pieces that go along with uh, his onboarding process. Shall we say? Um, for me, he was. I know a lot of people are going, we need a striker, we need a striker. I'm not as big on us needing a striker as what a lot of people are. It would be nice to have. But it's not an immediate necessity, if you like, for me. A right wing-back was something that I I really wanted because Sauber Thomas, for all his positives, isn't really a right wing-back. He's more of an attacking player. Uh, Oliver Turton, bless him, is not really the best going forward on that side, especially as a one-on-one attacker. It's not his strength. Um, Pippa's left, obviously. And Brody Spencer came in against Preston, the game that we do not speak of, and, uh, and, and sort of struggled a little bit. So um to bring in Kane Kessler Hayden I thought really enabled us to change shape you know into this 3-4-3 that we played and he offered a huge outlet he's he's rapid isn't he he's really quick down that right hand side uh full of energy uh, and he was fun to watch wasn't he and he also fills the uh, the ears quota as well left by Lewis O'Brien which is always fun um Kane Kessler Hayden then um Jerry
2: yeah
6: he we've got him on a season-long loan from Aston Villa um he impressed me. I thought he did real. To say the little amount of time he'd ha- had with us, and Town usually yep. like to uh sort of bring people in and have them, you know, almost clockwork orange them, you know, with the drops and what, making them watch tons of videos, you know, in terms of, you know, how they will play and what we will do. But, you know, they threw him in and he played off the cuff and he did a good job.
2: I think it- there's two parts to his performance, one of which was that it was very good. Like, he got up and down the flank. I don't think he necessarily... Pulled up trees is the phrase, right? Uh, But, you know, he uh, did a lot of good things on that flank. I think he kept Stoke honest at the very least over there, which is something that I think Turton doesn't always necessarily provide. He just doesn't have that pace, uh, you know, out on the wing to sort of keep the opposing wingbacks further back in their half. So, you know, just simply having him out there, you know, I agree that Town didn't really have that option unless – Brody Spencer was ready uh, and, you know, the evidence we have both from the performance against Preston and in the fact that town saw a full preseason uh, from Spencer and then went out and said, no, actually we're going to bring in a e, uh, you know, once the season has started, that plays his exact position. Basically, I think we have to conclude that Spencer, you know, just isn't quite ready to take on that kind of responsibility. Um, and so, you know, the options, in that right wing back slot, if you're going to play three at the back, uh, Town don't have a good option for that spot. Um, so that's one thing is that he fills it, but then he also moves Turton into Turton's best position. I think Turton as, you know, the right sort of center back in the back three, where he can, you know, he's good enough at the sort of center back duties that he can play that, he's solid, but he can also, we saw him move forward. Uh, Throughout the game, which you don't always see from, you know, backs in the three where they get over the Mm -hmm. midfield line where they contribute to the attack and Turton, that's something he can do like sort of play a good pass uh, play through the center make the occasional sort of surprise run like that Uh, Yuta can do the same thing we saw we're going to talk about him I'm sure but he can do a little bit of the same thing on the left side. Uh, And, you know, as Stephen Chicken again wrote in his five conclusions today, I think that makes a big difference in terms of keeping opponents off balance, having those, uh, you know, center backs in a back three that can also come forward uh, is a big part of being able to play this formation. And so being able to slot Turton into that role instead of trying to be this, you know, right attacking wing back that he's not really perfectly suited for. Uh, I, I think is a big boost uh, to town. And, you know, mm-hmm. right now, playing three at the back definitely seems so much more comfortable for this team. You know, Kessler-Hayden not only being uh, a good player and having put together a good performance in his own right, but making the formation fit, uh, you know, for Turton and the rest of the defense, I think was a huge bit too.
6: Mm, I, I think that's a really good point on Turton. because you want to fire in and, and maybe... Would you like to see a loan maybe for Brody Spencer just to keep him going or would you keep him in?
1: Yeah, I mean, I thought Scuffy were daft uh, on Tuesday to make so many changes. I I, I mean, obviously we won yesterday, so you might have said, and I thought you, you're going to be, you know, I, I it's really weird because you hear stuff, don't you, from people that reckons and know stuff. But I were hearing where I didn't to make any changes and then all of a sudden, you know, there were loads of changes and... The way we were playing, you know, I just felt we needed to build confidence on Tuesday night and, you know, kind of go with pretty much nine or two, eight or nine players, even though many would have said after Birmingham, rip the thing up. So I think he would a victim of some poor management, to be honest with you. And it leaves him in no man's land now because I think uh, people have seen, what. I mean, I don't think it's one of those on, on Tuesday, Matt Right, he was so bad then. Let's get you know no, fetching so. the right wing back. No, I, I, for me, it kind of felt maybe this was always the plan. But yeah, he he did okay, didn't he? I mean, it didn't pull kind of pull up any cheese. But I, it just does makes you laugh, family. I mean, you guys must have played five aside at some times in your life. It's like, have you ever filled in for your mates' teams where like you fancy give me five aside? Yeah, but you don't know any of the players, and you you go there thinking, oh my god, like you're on this team, you've got a bib on, you've not, and it's like shit. I don't even know if he's quick is he's what footy this guy is, what this other guy does, and it's horrible, isn't it, you you must have played five-a-side, right? I know you probably went in goals, Matt, but it's awful, and sure. I'm not dying, de- denying that That last week, alright, we signed him on Thursday, or was it Friday, I can't remember, but surely, have Friday, yeah. but he's such a tough ask, and, and a great vote of confidence for the guy, but, and again, I'm going to break one of my uh, rules here, which I know I was talking about social media later on, but. I I, I was fascinated to see what the Villa fans were putting once he year uh, come my words uh, I think they've got big expectations of this boy, haven't they? So fingers yeah, crossed, definitely. Uh, fingers crossed is gonna be a Cole Will or you know, of that like Ilkanat that as well uh, or Ben Chewell or someone like that. But yeah, I think we've got a good in there.
6: Yeah, absolutely. And and as we've said, so the game, I agree with something that you said earlier in that this game could have gone either way. Uh, for sure. And there's a number of moments throughout the game which have really gone in our favour. Uh, and the first one we'll talk about is uh, the penalty. So first of all, I'm, I'll throw it out as a question. Me and you have disagreed on this on WhatsApp yeah. and that's fine. Um, you think it's a penalty. I don't. Um, Jerry can have the deciding vote on there, the, the Ruffles thing. Uh, for me, Lauren kind of throws himself in and, and Ruffles plays the ball. But one thing me and you were saying, Coszy is I didn't have I don't think I saw an angle you did did you, where you where you thought it maybe was uh, so I probably haven't had a chance to see that. Um but we'll throw that out as a poll in a minute on there to see see what people thought. I didn't think it was a pen cuz he did. Didn't matter because the big man came up with the goods again, uh, Jerry.
2: Yeah, I every now and again I feel like I read a piece on the internet that says, "Should we consider reforming the rules around penalty kicks?" because you know, uh In a game where you get, you know, one, two, three scores in an entire match, like should we have this system in place where we have one incident and a team gets like an, you know, what, 80% chance to score just from some random act. And that was one of these that made me think maybe those articles are onto something in some ways, because if that incident takes place anywhere else on the field, I don't think we're saying, oh, that was never a foul, right? Like, you know, I think there was contact there. I think the Stoke player got there slightly ahead of Ruffles. But also, he didn't do anything wrong. Like, he just kind of stuck his foot out there. He was trying to get the ball. I don't think he knew where the player was, you know, and he just happened to make contact. And it's one of those plays where, you know, by the letter of the law, okay, I guess it's a penalty. But, like, Stoke never deserved to have a goal out of that. You know, like, it's just sort of a It's
6: a jeopardy, flaw. isn't
2: it? It is. It's just sort of a flaw in the the way uh, that the sport is played. And, you know, sometimes that's going to happen. Occasionally, town are going to get those kinds of breaks as well. But it's one of those where it just leaves you like it's just a total fluke. Um, And for Stoke to have gotten a goal out of that would have just been completely unfair. So, you know, is it a penalty? Yeah. I just feel like maybe we're in a better universe where the ref has like sort of some sort of jurisdiction to say, actually, we're not going to give you a penalty for that. We're going to make this some sort of close indirect free kick or something. I don't know uh, if there's really a good solution to this issue. So a penalty. Yes. Uh, Should it be in a more just universe? No. Does that, does that work as a uh, enough of a fence straddle for you, Matt there?
1: I think (laughs) a little bit, I mean, it's early days, but we saw against Birmingham, poor reactions from our defense, I thought we were really poor yeah. uh, with the penalty. You know, come straight out. Again, going to five-side terms, you're always thinking, you know, just watch for the rebound. What You know what's going to happen? We were miles slow, and Jacob Brown got there. Very lucky, obviously, that the woodwork, Nichols were beaten there again. And I've, and again, I thought with, with Stokes' goal, poor, you were an awful goal. You know, kind of dancing. There were three or four people could have, like, closed, or, you know, we lost possession at does worry me a little bit. I mean, you don't expect people to be on top of the game. What is it, August the fourteenth and stuff like that as well. But very slow reaction, ponderous kind of thing. We need to wise up. In a lot of the
6: goals like that against Preston, weren't they? Cos
1: yeah, yeah. I thought we got away with, with definitely from the penalty yesterday. But I might, my heart went out to uh, Utah because it's like obviously home debut in the in the kind of league. You want him to to concede a penalty when yeah, still it was, was ruffles, the, though, wasn't it? You up today?
6: It was Ruffles, wasn't it? The penalty. Oh,
1: sorry, Ruffles. Yeah. It's it's like proper, you know, he's been like lacking in confidence as well. People have been calling him out on that as well. So I just think, yeah, you wasn't ideal at all. But when you've got uh, the Championship Keeper of the Year, uh, yeah, there were certain. I don't Good know, save I as well. Really, uh, obviously, the adverts were. Putting him off behind the goal and, and everything as well, but yeah, to, to go one down there would have been,
6: whoosh, uh, yeah, that it's a different game, out. isn't it? I think we might have might have lost a bit. Um yeah, part yeah, of me no. thinks we'd have probably lost the game if we'd have gone down. And the other turning point really is the Dwight Gale offside goal as well. We'll come, you yeah, know, we'll, we'll might as well throw that in now because the game sort of spun a little bit there. Because I think it was it one all at the time, or Stoke were yeah. more in the ascendancy, yeah, weren't well. they? Michael O'Neill doesn't think it's offside. I've seen us still. And he kind of looks offside, but it's very difficult to tell, do you know. So it's impossible, really, to tell without your, tell yeah, you what, your glasses if, if on. White but...
1: Gale could play as well as he gobbled off inasmuch as of Craig Bellamy, to be honest with you, a cheap Craig Bellamy, cheap version, because bloody hell, he's got plenty to say. That guy, I mean, my word. Do I get... Not just not just to referees, but his own teammates and ugh, yeah. if him.
6: he doesn't get the pass right, he's not happy, is he? He's one of those, oh. uh, one of those, <laughs> isn't he? But yeah, yeah. so the, so the the game's definitely swung on a couple of key moments, and it, you know it could have gone both ways. And there's a lot of people online are kind of going, "Oh, it was it was an amazing performance, fantastic." And I'm kind of like, mm, you know, it could have easily gone the other way. It's it's brilliant to get the win. It is fantastic to get the win. But was it a fantastic have to and brilliant win, performance?
1: whether we did it. We had to win. We had to win.
6: Yeah, so the next the next piece. So the next part of my agenda is this that set piece FC return and the goal. You know, Sauber yeah. Thomas a different kind of corner from Sauber. You know, it's it's more of a Danny Drinkwater esque kind of uh, laces through the ball, wasn't it? And but the movement from Yuta nakiyama was was fantastic. Maybe the goalkeeper should have perhaps done a little bit better. Maybe yeah. uh, if that's if that's our goalkeeper, you kind of hands in your head, uh, your head in your hands. But you know, the movement from nakiyama was was superb, wasn't it? And he's got a really good spring on him, and we saw that from. You know, his uh, his video of his time in, in Holland in the Iridivisor as well, that he does get up really, really well. Um, you know, he's five tenish, isn't he? Um, but you know, he's got a good spring on him. And we'll move on to Nakiyama as well. I thought he, he was my man of the match. I thought it was it was great. As Jerry mentioned earlier and what Stephen Chicken said, he offers that overlapping centre back option more comfortably I'd say than than Turton because he's more of a natural attacking right. thing. Although Oliver you if you look at the heat map and Oli Turton did really get down that right hand side really well as well, um, the, you know it gives us a different dynamic as well. You know him playing there, and he can move to left back if you want to bring Will Boyle on and you know throw four at the back and go more solid. Uh, and I thought Yutunakian was great, and one of the, my favourite moments was uh, where Jacob Brown uh, sort of fouled him, kicked him off just before you know in the first half, and it went through him and over by sort of the by line. And then the next time Jacob Brown got the ball, Nakiyama went you know scything through him from behind and took the ball and let him know that, you know, he's in with a you know he's in with someone who doesn't mess around. And I think there's a lot of potential for a cult hero here with Yuruti with Nakiyama. Um just some stats from him. He's, he won four aerial jewels, which again shows um that you know, we may have a small back three, what or what you would class as a small back three there. You've seen the stick that Man United are getting for signing Lissandro Martinez at the minute I think that's his name, the five foot nine centre back. But we've got five foot nine Oli Turton. We've got Tom Lees who's maybe not quite six foot and Nakiyama five ten but they all they all get up well maybe not so much Turton but the other two get up really well and you know four aerial jewels, 85% passing accuracy, six clearances. Um and you know he he really impressed me he did Nakiyama and I thought he deserved the man of the match award and I thought it was really nice if you've seen the interview with him afterwards where he, he kind of rejects the man of the match award if you like and just sort of says no it, i wouldn't have got this if it wasn't for my teammates and I th- and there's a real sort of favorite i think in the in the in the in the ether there with with the I and mean, i could see him really kicking on with town fans and you know japanese flags in the south stand and all sorts i think by the end of the season i think um, i think a lot of people will be in love with a player by then jerry
2: oh absolutely he's He's class on the ball. Like that was really sort of, uh, you know, it's really unfortunate. I think that ultimately it was his error that led to Stokes goal. I agree with cozy that that was uh, kind of a poor one to give away uh, for the equalizer. Um, and, you know, that's really sort of the only blot on what I think otherwise was a really great performance. Um, you know, you mentioned the 85% packing, passing accuracy that probably would have been another ticks higher. He tried those uh, sort of ambitious long balls over the top to Sorba down the left that you know we're like a foot away from really coming off and really putting town in like a great position and that's one of those where i think eventually those two guys are going to be on the same wavelength and those will come off and i think town are going to generate chances out of that um and that's not something you necessarily expect again from a center back i think you know uh nabby Saar on his day could play that kind of ball Uh, He just wasn't quite as good at it as I think he thought he was at it. Uh, So you had the occasional fantastic, uh, you know, diagonal to a streaking winger. And then occasionally you had the pass for, you know, the giveaway into the opponent's midfield. Um, If Nakayama can pull that off a little bit more consistently, I think that's going to be a real weapon, especially with Sorba, uh, you know, down that left side. I, I think that's something that's exciting. They came so close to pulling it off. Um, You know, again, other than the air, just so really composed on the ball, strong in the tackle. Um, I ended up having Rudoni as my man of the match, but I totally understand uh, the sentiment. And, you know, his uh, the goal was well taken, like sort of angling back towards, uh, you know, just putting that header directly on target with the power behind it that he had is not the easiest thing in the world when you've made that little run around. Uh, you know, behind the defender to then sort of turn uh, and deliver it with that much power behind it. I, you know, it's just a really solid header. Um, and, you know, a brief shout-out, too, for Sorba here. Um, you know, that's not his usual delivery to sort of pop it up to the back post a little bit like that, uh, to put it on the dime for you to there. Uh, you know, he has not lost his set-piece delivery skills over the summer by any stretch, which is uh, really nice to see. And, you know, that's one of the things where, you know, we're in this sort of turbulent period and, you know, what's going to happen for town going forward less now than we would have been going into this game. Uh, but knowing that, you know, we can still sort of rely on, there's going to be set piece goals from Sorba Thomas and especially with targets like Yuda and the other guys, uh, th- those goals are going to come. Um, And so seeing that was, uh, you know, a, a delight, not just it's Yuda; it puts town ahead one to nothing, their first lead of the season, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but just really sort of knowing that they've got that in their back pocket uh, is, is nice to see as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you're obviously Michael O'Neill, you're thinking, "Oh, the hell's picking him up, but not bothered about Stoke, about Lyshaw. I don't normally do stuff, mate. You'll think I'm cracking up in the seat, but I'm looking at a heat map of him uh, today, Nakiam, and exactly what you said there, mate. You, He's kind of, you know, covering uh, left back, kind of moving to centre back. I'm, I'm, I'm very comfortable moving it forward in that as well. Spent a lot of time kind of near the half line, bringing it forward. And I think, yeah, he does look he, a lot of things what Jerry said there, like calm on the ball. Yeah, okay, you know, maybe you can question question months goal, but he's only going to improve with that as well. And I always think it's nice when you can get a goal in front of like the, uh, the South Law and that as well, so that I put that picture out today to where it's kind of got a bit of love, but it's brilliant uh, photo. like of him celebrating with everyone as a guy yeah, going absolutely nuts, like he's- Yeah, that's yeah, good. That, yeah, looks, yeah. <laughs> It's billion that I just thought that is football. So yeah, perfect. Uh, let's talk at the uh, inquest on, on what they were doing there at the back. But yes, signs. obviously we we it's the first time we've kind of seen him, you know, really start. And look good, he's he's definitely booked his spot for Norwich on Tuesday, that's for sure.
6: Yeah, so uh, just after half time it, it looked like the um, almost the roll reversal, and it town usually starting the first half quite poorly under Danny Schofield and then come, you know, having a slightly better second half in the previous games and We'd had a fairly decent first half, I thought. You know, we got the the fortune, if you like, with a penalty save. And then the first 20 minutes, Stoke battered us a little bit, didn't they, Cozzi? Um I thought Stoke yeah. were far, by far the better team for, for 20 minutes. Deserved the goal. Uh, yes, y- Yuta Nakayama made this sort of first phase error, didn't he? Um, Jack Redoni as well. He, you know, he, he perhaps needed to be a little bit... A little bit stronger, and then we'll talk about Jack Redoni quite shortly because he, like Jerry says, he had a, a really good game as well. Um, the the equaliser was coming; good strike from from you know from Baker. Um, no qualms with that, um, but it didn't go the way that we thought, cause, did it? You know, I, I'll be honest you, I I couldn't make the game on um, on Saturday. It was my little boy's uh, preschool graduation, and you know they, they organised these t- these things to not around football do they and uh, so i got back and i was able to watch um from like the fifth minute onwards at home um uh, for the rest of the game and me and Cosy, we have these dis- discussions don't we during um during lockdown we sort of analyzed well not analyzed but we discussed every every weapon on i follow the commentator and the co-commentator and we we were pretty adamant reading of pretty much the two two of the worst ones but the biggest weapon is Mike Pedgick from from Stoke. He is absolutely horrific. And uh he, he said um he he said Stoke were the far superior side in the first half, which no, not really. And then in the second half he said it was like watching a Premier League team versus a, a bottom end league one side or something. And I was just like <laughs> this he it, it was terrible. there's partisan and there's just a bell end, you know what I mean? And that's a that's a bit of a dick for
1: yeah, the American in you. I know. think that's the uh the but, yesterday. When you've lost three when you've lost three games on the bounce and all right you can say you know it wasn't like a first team maybe on Tuesday night you've got to fear the worst haven't you when that goal goes mm. in yesterday but the fact mm. that we and, and after that mate, I didn't think they yeah,
6: They had disallowed you know, goal with Gale didn't they?
1: Gale, but, um, but, but after that I didn't I, you know the tide turned and, and, and it, honestly, is it's this, just so good to, this is where
6: how, how we Yeah, this is where you've got to really credit Danny Schofield as well, isn't it? Because you said, as you said earlier, this is where he got his substitutions absolutely bang on, didn't he? Um, you know, so huge credit to Danny Schofield. Tino, it? Yeah, went he, went apparently he'd, uh, he had a bit of an illness or some, he sounded a bit like yeah. sunstroke, he said, in the post-match. So Tino was struggling yeah. with something throughout the game, probably not his best game. Uh, but Dwayne <clears throat> you know, with Dwayne Holmes is like almost the new Nabisar, isn't he? So with Nabisar, we always used to joke, you'll either get, you know, the, the Champions League version or you'll get the Vanner Vanara- of the the Livers- you know, even Liverse is yeah. too good for sometimes what put, you know, the the of St. Patrick's version of who I used to play for on a Sunday. Uh, you know, we used to call him Naby Moore or Gordon Tuxar, which is um and with Dwayne, you, you now seem to get Dwayne Esther, which came on, didn't you? He was, he was superb or a bit of a Dwayne in the neck, if you like. But Dwayne Holmes came on and really sort of helped change that game. It was a brilliant substitute, wasn't it? He um, Where we have to give the credit, and we'll talk about the other player now, which is Jack Radoni, is... What Huddersfield Town do slightly differently now, which they didn't do under Carlos, was um under Carlos they would sort of retreat to halfway and let the other team play in their own half and then engage, you know, when they came into to our half, if you like. Whereas now we're starting to pick our moments to press a little bit higher, which is a little bit more Wagner-esque, if you like, for, for those who don't always watch town. So it's you know, and and the person who started that press and caused the error was Jack Ridoni. Uh, who was playing in central midfield, a position where he can play um, and a position which he really came into in the second half with some of his, you know, his, his passing, his vision of passing was was excellent. There were a couple of moments where he he played the ball wide in the first half. He had two men on his back and, you know, uh, Jonathan Hogg gets a lot of stick for only being able to sort of pass in front of him. Hoggy was was really good alongside him. That was a bit more of the hoggy the of old. You know, he was winning the second balls. He was, you know, being the general if you like you know, and, and giving the ball nice and easy cross field and, and set that sort of metronomic midfielder that you want from him. So, you know, big credit to Jonathan Hogg for coming back as well from from a lot of uh, criticism that he'd been getting online. Um not me. I I will add in there. <laughs> so I wouldn't dare I wouldn't dare say anything about Hoggy online. Nah, just come looking back. for
1: me. Sorry, mate. Winding it back to Dwayne Holmes. I think one of the big things that happened, if you remember, he went steaming into the keeper. It, it, it were, I don't know really want 50 50. I think their guy but like, he was 75 25, the keeper getting it. But he went in, but he just that. I'm not here to mess about. It. I'm here to give that energy. I'm here to. Yeah. The crowd can get behind stuff like that as well. And I just thought. Yes, yeah, so it lifts, I, doesn't I, it? You know, yeah. I, what was
6: I, funny about watching that, Mike Pedgick yeah. was in the first half, uh, I think it was Baker, went through the back of Jonathan Hogg and uh, the referee was talking to him and he was going oh you can't tackle anymore it's, the game's gone you can't tackle and it's a tackle from behind and he's like if he books him for this it's a disgrace blah 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 and I was like alright well let's see how he is for the rest of the game and then when Dwayne Holmes did that he was absolutely off his chair demanding a red card for the foul and the keeper <laughs> such a no phallus idea, that guy were unbelievable yeah. but enough about Mike Pedic. Yeah. but you know the, the credit to Dwayne as well Dwayne, you know the pressing from Radoni. Dwayne's seen the error coming and intercepted it and you know and he's gone through and laid, you know, and um, and he's done what he's done there, and you know Huddersfield Town have, have tw- tw- put the game on, or turned the game on its head. That's what I'm looking for um, with with two moments there, and, and the second moment as well. Jack Radoni again, uh, a superb pass, isn't it, through to Dwayne, and it, uh, and he looks a million miles offside, doesn't he? When you when you when you watch it, and it looks ridiculously like Pavel Abbott style offside, doesn't it, against Lincoln from like 2004. And then when you actually wind it back and you kind of free and frame by frame, it's actually not as cut and dried as it looks. It's he it actually, there's a possibility that Dwayne was level when Redoni played it and it's a really superb early ball and the Stoke defender steps out at the time and Dwayne steps forward. So that's why it looks so, so offside, you know, in, in, in normal time, but it's, you know, fair play to, um, the linesman for for giving us the benefit of the doubt and being kind to us and the referee is not someone we particularly like because he's the guy that last year gave that ridiculous penalty against sober thomas at west brom so you know he's already on the the list so to speak but go on you talk about dwayne esther because
1: yeah i like i love what he brought and you know what this sounds a bit bit bad really because he was massively part in obviously what we did last season and and to them good and beaten runs and stuff that we were we were having but I always think he's an impact player to me, Matt. And I think that exactly yesterday, what, what he can bring there and that as well. I just think if we had a stronger first and that's probably where he would be and, and that as well. And cause I think you can use him in a lot of different ways. And he's not a player that if I, you know, I were, you know, kind of playing. I Army mean, like knife, I call him. Yeah, I just think an now you don't really want someone like Dwayne Holmes because he's like, he's going to be niggling. He's going to be in pockets of space you don't want him to be and. Two beautiful, uh, you know, assists as well. And so unselfish, the one the roads which were, you know, fantastic. He could have easily gone himself. If he wanted a team player, he'd, uh, you know, he could have shot and maybe not and scored or what have you. But yeah, Rodoni, he's easily been our best player. I mean, there's, there's been a low bar on it, let's be honest, the first few, few games. But it's been he's been fantastic. Ooh, he he good, you, yeah. a lot of, you can see why we've got him. You could see why there's quite a lot of teams were wanting him and that as well. He's passing very calm as well, isn't he? Very... He's, 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 he's got a great eyesight and an, an eye for a pass comes forward. It'd be interesting to see, you know, if he can kind of, you know, pop some shots off and, and kind of get in the boss. But yeah, like what he's bringing and, and as well. And, it's a, and it's a is, good combo, isn't it, though? Him that, and Hogg as well. Yeah, him so you, and Hogg yeah. is a great combination. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, obviously, when you've come into the team and, okay, you bench for a couple of games and, and start others. But it's difficult, isn't it? Because he's not coming to team that's like one free in a row. He's got a... and. You, you, you're wanting people to stand tall. You're wanting people to kind of come forward with the ball and show what it's about. it's only a young boy. Come from AFC Wimbledon. It's not as if we've got a Premier League loaner, you know, been working around big players. So some really good signs. Trying to rein it in, obviously, because we haven't had many positives. But, yeah, fantastic. Uh, he looks like he could be some player in.
6: Yeah, I think the only the only gripe I had with Ridoni was he kind of got knocked off the ball quite easily on on a couple of of occasions. But you know he's playing championship football for the first time and things like yeah. that. You know it's part of the learning curve, isn't it? I, I I think there's some really 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 good things to come from Jack Ridoni, and you know credit to Town for for picking him out, for picking Kane Kessler Hayden out, and you know they look good signing so far. It's just it's just a case of sort of putting them all together, making that cake, isn't it? You know putting them all, mixing them all in and and bringing something out. And I think the system that Danny Schofield has picked, I'm going to go back to that and be really boring, but I think that system that he picked gives us a really good base and a really solid base to build on. And, you know, that back three and and just by being solid really allows you to sort of bed in players like Radoni, Tino, Sauber, on a different, slightly different position. Uh, and, I, I, you know, a full credit to me goes for Danny Schofield for realising that and, you know... Um, and, and making those substitutions in the manner that he did in the time, you know, because, you know, he'd been making a lot of late substitutions before and now he's spotted things, you know, quite early and brought Dwayne on and Jordan Rhodes as well. Jordan Rhodes came on pretty much scored with his first touch as well, didn't he? So, you know, really good, really good to see, yeah. you know, good decision makings and, and long may we see Matt, things like this and, and a smiley Danny Schofield face in the press conference afterwards.
1: I'm with you, Matt. I, I did see this clamber for it. I, I I had a couple of, Disagreements, but kind of fired into a couple on Twitter this week. But we need a strike. No, we don't. You know, Danny Ball gets a chance to nil score, Rhodes gets a chance to score. We don't need any strike. We're not creating enough as it is. So to me, it's the, it's, in an ideal world, if we had a big pot of money and, and you know, yeah, all right, it'd be nice to have an extra striker, but what, what would he ever play him? So to me, it's just not what we need. At part of me still wonders if we need another centre half, Matt. I don't know what you think, but obviously, you has mm. done a job. Kind of in there, but more maybe a CM. But obviously, a win changes. Does it change your your kind of thinking as well? Because it was not an interesting combo, but obviously, you can't expect him to play 46 games and stuff. So, it'd be yeah, and fun, John Russell man, can come again, can't he? Of league, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it would have no brainer really when it? it took him to start the firing line and that as well. Disappointing with some of the kind of comments about him and that as well. We get we were last week, we were obviously saying, he, you know, he won't, understand there but people are like proper getting on his back and it's just like that second yeah. season's always an running football Matt we obviously we we see i don't want to mention it is his name again but we've seen people that have a great first season the second season it's really difficult to keep it going and that as well so we've just gotta get behind these boys and that as well they're good players there yeah he'll
6: come again he'll come again yeah, john so there's, there's no there's no need to no need to panic on him uh, yeah he'll come again uh, there's, there's a few th- there's a few things he needs to work out. Uh, the, you know, the, the lack of lack of pace is a worry, but there's a couple of things he definitely yeah. needs to yeah. to work out. But he can definitely come again.
2: Yeah, Russell has been, I think, more affected by the loss of O'Brien than anybody else. Like we know that Russell's, you know, he's not a ball winner. Like he's not a guy who's gonna fly around the midfield, get stuck in the tackles. You know, that's just not his game. He's, this, you know, sort of almost Yorkshire pirlo kind of guy who's gonna sit back you know, have the ball at his feet. That's, play the, that's sadly uh, already been claimed playing.
6: as that, Jerry. Steady,
2: know, on, steady on, yeah. <laughs> But, uh, you know, O'Brien kind of covered for, they were a great partnership in midfield, O'Brien and Russell, because, you know, O'Brien could do the tackling, could do the dribbling, could kind of play that all action role, uh, you know, that isn't really Russell's strong suit. And Russell could make some of these sorts of incisive, you know, uh, diagonal-type passes that, you know, it wasn't necessarily O'Brien's strong suit. So they really complemented each other. Uh, and without O'Brien, you know, it's not enough just to have Hogg beside Ru- besides Russell to sort of cover for, you know, Russell's lack of ball winning. You have to have a little bit more teeth in the midfield. Uh, you know, th- just Hogg and Russell, you pointed this out, I think, you know, last week, Matt, just as a two in, like, this 4-4-2. Too slow. Too just- slow. There's not enough bite there, uh, you know, with Hogg at this stage of his career. It's just, you know, I think he had a great game on Saturday, um, you know, but him and Russell together, I just don't think we're working. And I think uh, that's not really Russell's fault. They just need to find that other person. I think he's a guy who fits into that kind of three-man midfield that we saw down the stretch last year with Hogg and O'Brien and then Russell. Uh, and, you know, the question is, can they find somebody to be that third person? And I think – in some ways the story of the game on Saturday, aside from just, you know, Schofield sort of keeping the train on the rails uh, is what I think maybe they have in Rudoni because we saw some of those uh, O'Brien-esque glimpses. Like he's not the dribbler O'Brien is, you know, uh, he's not yet the guy in the tackle that O'Brien is. So, you know, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but, you know, he's still just 21. This was his, what, you know, second or third championship game um and those glimmers were kind of there like i he just looks to me so much better as a central midfielder than he has out on the wing um you know i think he can maybe be that kind of guy and if he continues to sort of develop as the season goes along i think you could absolutely see russell come back in and maybe try out that you know uh three man midfield again like we saw sort of down the stretch last season that let russell be the best version of russell uh, you know, again, because I th- I think Rooney Rudoni, excuse me, put that kind of performance together on Saturday, especially on the rewatch. The first time I watched it, I I, I agreed. I thought Yuta was man of the match. On rewatch, just Rudoni was so active uh, in the middle of the field. Um, you know, even if he didn't always win the ball, he was always being a pest. He was playing the right passes. Uh, you know, he was just doing again. You know, he he's not Lewis O'Brien yet, but he was doing enough Lewis O'Brien things. Uh, that it just wasn't the sort of walk over in the midfield that we saw against Burnley uh, that we saw against Preston. It, it was a very different situation in the middle of the field. Uh, and that was because of Rudoni. And if we keep getting that going forward, I think it's going to change the direction of town season.
6: Yeah. I think what Rudoni really did well is he broke the lines really well and he looked forward. Every time he got the ball, he was looking forward and, he, you know, he was really impressive. And for me the top three our top three players on the day were, were Nakiyama, radonian and Lee Nichols. Lee Nichols again, what a what a day for Lee Nichols. Penalty save, a couple of saves, nice and easy, and of course a yellow card for time wasting. It's like it's back to you know, it's back to back to what we love to see, isn't it, with Lee Nichols. But uh we'll move on slightly. Um Cozzy i I'll throw this to you. Um, Neil Warnock back at Huddersfield, good to see. spiked to a, a rumor online. I saw that he was coming back as manager, which is always kind of amusing, isn't it? Um, but uh, there's also a bit of sadness as well, isn't it? Because we look back to that 1994 promotion-winning team, 94-95 team, and there's a lot of happy memories come with that. We've spoken to some of them, haven't we? we spoke to Ian Dunn. Uh, we've not spoken to Boothie yet. Or Ronnie Jepson Ronnie Jepson would be a good one to get on the podcast. Um, you know, we spoke to Pat Scully and you know a couple of the other lads, Um and they're all sort of like household names with Huddersfield fans. That team and Neil Warnock built that team, and a man that helped him build that team was was Mick Jones, wasn't it? Um And he is such kind of like a calm character when Neil Warnock's doing all his rants and stuff. Mick Jones is the one who then brings the or brought the players back down, wasn't it? And he was the sort of calming personality in the team and sadly Mick Jones um passed away a couple of days ago which is which is sad but Mick Jones was a huge part of Huddersfield town for those couple of years and you know uh, our thoughts go out to his his family but cuz he was a, a big character for Huddersfield wasn't he and he'll be a miss.
1: Yeah it's sad obviously Dave Wilson bless him as well the physio from that time uh, we lost losing a lot of people from uh, from that amazing time but yeah like you said Matt he uh, Always was calm, you know, when Warnock was losing his uh, spleen. But I think it's just like assistant managers and, and coaches and stuff, it's not just like they're, they're worth the weight in gold. It made me laugh uh, yesterday just seeing Chico losing his uh, stuff. And, and, you know, that there is Chicha. powerful now. Sometimes the managers, in there as well? You've got a lot of, uh, you know, people there that are unsung heroes in any team. And, you know, we've mentioned before, like kind of Brookie the Kidman, but. Yeah, Mick Jones, huge uh, in, in that season. And really sad when, when uh, Neil Warnock tweeted the news kind of out yesterday. And they were nice to see a familiar face uh, yesterday uh, at the ground. And obviously, he put a nice video out. We know that he's got a show coming up uh, in the end of September in Northfield. But, yeah, it's just like, he's just really sad. And I just feel that, you know, he'll it, always be regarded as a Neil Warnock's team. But Mick Jones... Uh, massive part of it, and that as well, obviously, Kevin Blackwell. Man, it's sad news, and, uh, yeah, thoughts go out to his his family and friends and that as well, because, yeah, people still going about Brentford away. It's funny when the club put the Warnock's video out, didn't they, but, yeah, I still love reading that love from the 94, you know, 95 promotion season, but, yeah, no, sad sad news, and can't have been that old, Matt, he was still relatively young and that as well, so, yeah, thoughts go to his family and friends.
6: Absolutely. So uh, I think at this point, what we will do is we will go across to our watching cohorts, if you like, on YouTube, and we'll read a couple of comments out, shall we, from the, uh, about the game on, on Saturday. So guys, I put a poll out. Was it a penalty? Yes or no? Uh, And it's in, and it's pretty split really. Yes, 46%, no 53%. I don't know why it always leaves 1% on, on YouTube, but it does. (laughs) Um, So yeah, it's, it's almost 50, 50 there. So, you know, Give or take either way. I'm sure if you did put the same on a Stoke City uh, YouTube channel, it would be a lot higher for yes, I would imagine. So um, thanks for those who voted there. So Adam Kershaw says it was scrappy. Could have gone either way, to be honest. The middle of the pitch looked much better with Rodoni. Good movement and did some great passes. Also helped having you two at the back who can pass forwards. Uh, Bez5678 says chalk and cheese looked organised, committed, and the new guys are fitting in well. Uh, Leo says lots of positives a gutsy performance from town with Danny Schofer making bold changes to the team uh, we need a left back thought Ruffles struggled again and could could have cleared the ball for their dodgy penalty I was going to say Cozzy when you mentioned um, where would the next player be you know positionally um, I'm sort of still you know when we talk about the striker and people sort of saying we haven't got a strike yet we haven't got a striker I still, I'm still sort of looking central midfield and left back at the minute with a raised eyebrow I don't think it's I don't think it needs major surgery or anything right now, but if you had to push me and say, right, where would you next see somebody? I would maybe wait a couple of weeks in an ideal world, maybe wait a couple of weeks and just see how Radoni fits in, in that central midfield role. It's one game, isn't it? That he's had there. And then the other one is, he's also seen how Josh Ruffles develops that left wing back. Cause he's had, a couple of games last season, not really got going, uh, a couple of games no. this year, and I, 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 he's not yet to get going. But, you know, he's he's not really played last year, so it's going to take him a while, yeah. isn't it, to, to push is, on it's and get tough
1: going. For Bar, and I watched it again, don't want to induce any pain in here, but you he had a bit of.
6: Let's game. not go down the route of those uh, whoppers that you're about to mention. Yeah. In oh, they had a
1: great <laughs> game, yeah, massive, massive for the winning goal and that as well, but it just shows, doesn't it, that, you know, what the boots are to fill and that when so everyone's going to kind of be judged on that we've, we've got a tradition of, of really good left backs at this town and yeah trouble is you always you mentioned earlier on my podcast and the problem is with this so it's not a problem but we're on every week so we have to judge every match every single game we can't we could look back in a month we could win at Norwich on Tuesday Coventry if they can be asked to get a, a field ready we might win next week and then we could be like six and and Schofield's turn it around but we have to judge it game by game don't we and at the moment yeah, we've course. got to be honest Josh Ruffles is, you know, it yeah. look pretty average. And uh, you can't, certainly, the recruitment team ain't going to be surely leaving that position like that if he keeps playing that. Nice. But the game's again thick and fast. Hopefully, we're going to be playing next Saturday.
7: Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.
1: what what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium. You're right near the pitch. Great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app.
6: At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
1: As well as... Obviously coming up the other option,
6: so, as well as uh, the other option's is Ben Jackson, who who had quite a good yeah, preseason, ben didn't yeah. he? So maybe maybe there's opportunity, but I think Josh Ruffles has to probably be given the opportunity to play himself yeah. into it, if you like, because he's like I say, he's gonna, he's going to be a bit rusty. Um With yeah. this formation change, won't have helped him. So we'll see how Ruffles gets on. And in an ideal world, you would wait till maybe towards the end of the window, but you you have to move when the players are available, don't you? So. We'll have to see what happens there. But uh, at, in an ideal world, I'd like Ruffles to push on and, and do well. So uh, we'll we'll see what happens there. So Stephen Batley says, Phenomenal effort by the team in that heat. Look more comfortable from the start in that shape. Rudy was class, energetic and intelligent. My man of the match. Bez5678 says, Radoni, fantastic prospect. KKH allows us to play a better formation. yuta's a firm fan's favourite already. Adam Cottrell says, Thought it was a no-nonsense type performance where they just concentrated on doing the basics Well, we really needed this win to give the lads a boost and the fans. Uh, Adam Kershaw says, also Tino did literally nothing on that right wing. Could do with another winger and maybe a pacey left back. Tino has yeah, nah, sure. just kind of... it. it he's not done all right so far, hasn't he? But he, I think there was a,
1: Thomas hit, a fitness left, issue. I'm, yeah. Again, I am again. I just want to mention there, snap judgments after one match, but Thomas on the left, not for me. <laughs> it's only one it's game, not, as
6: good, not me. as good as the right, is it? But I can see, I can so, see the theory going there because... I think Danny Ward's a player who who makes those really good near post runs, isn't he? And Thomas checking back onto his right foot and curling it sort of inwards to the near post could potentially... Reap some rewards for someone like Danny Ward. but We'll see. We'll see.
2: Yeah, he had a couple of good deliveries from out there. And then he also had, yeah, he you know, where he's trying to play the ball in with the outside of his right foot and it goes straight out of the yeah, way. That, you know, that, yeah. That six and one, that's, half
6: a dozen in the other. That, he, he ruined a, a really fantastic piece of skill to get past two players there, didn't he? And then he did that silly sort of outside of the right button. It was just like, oh, that could have been so good if you would have got it. Yeah
1: instead of winding
6: the fan base up you concentrate <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll come on to that in a minute. But let's, uh, let's finish. So Adam Cottrell says, wasn't it the same ref that had that ridiculous penalty against West Brom? Yes, it was. Uh, Bez says, uh, you can't put your foot that high, soft, but probably the correct decision on the penalty. Uh, Adam yes, Cottrell fair. says, it, it was offside. I don't know if he means Dwight Gale or, um, or Dwayne. Uh, Dominic Campbell says, I love Nakayama, already a hero. Um, Adam Cottrell says, man of the match, J.P., um, Leo says Yutta Tom Cowan esque in the air yeah there is a little bit of shades there isn't there with, uh, with Tom Cowan who was perhaps not as big as your regular defenders but he, he leapt amazingly well and you think back to that Wimbledon goal in the FA Cup he, where he seems to get about 10 feet in the air didn't he to yeah, to glance I, I mean, in that, that,
1: that game bloody what a game that was! We'll look at that I goal, on it.
6: ugh Oosh. yeah but we talked about Darren Bullock the Darren Bullock um, episode that we did talks about that doesn't he and he was quite mm-hmm critical of himself wasn't he for the for conceding a corner although I thought it was, I still think that was a good challenge by him but I'll uh, bow to him Adam Kershaw says uh, doesn't pass forwards uh, with regards to Romani Edmonds Green wondering why Romani Edmonds Green wasn't then uh, from what I know Romani Edmonds Green just wasn't picked they went with a different direction when we turn it right centre back over Romani and then Will Boyle offers you know if you want someone on to defend a lead uh, Will Boyle's your man, isn't he? Because you know he's he's good in the air, and you know if you if you're winning a game, you're not wanting to pass out from the back. So I guess Will Boyle is the. We'll we'll speak less about Will Boyle how he fell over his own feet when uh, when he came.
1: <laughs> <the> <laughs> Handicapped uh, 12 feed yeah. if you want. That. Oh <laughs> yeah,
6: poor old Will, but uh, <laughs> but bless him. Um, yeah. So uh, and then Joseph McGregor says, "Please speak no ill of my countryman, Dwayne." Joe, another another American town fun for you there, Joe. Hey. Is it, is it, yeah, for Joe from Texas, top man. Um,
2: I, Dwayne Holmes and I were born in the same hospital. By the way, I forget if I mentioned that on the uh, podcast, uh, the, my first appearance. But yes, Dwayne and I were both born at uh, Fort Benning Army Hospital in Columbus, Georgia. Right
6: there. there we go. Dwayne Octavius Holmes, perhaps the best middle name in the entire, entirety of football. Uh, Matt Wilson, good old Matt Wilson, says, yes, boys, buzzing for the three points. Hopefully that steadies them down and they can build from here up the town. Adam Cottrell says, "Rodoni looks like money well spent, looks a talent. It you know if it If the rumours are believed that it was around about £800,000, Cos, it could potentially be an absolute belter, that one, because, you know, you, you're adding another knot on there if he has a good I season, aren't you?
1: starting, isn't it?
6: Yeah, it is. Is let's calm our skin. Let's calm the skin a bit, yeah. Um and Adam Cottrell rightly points out that Jordan Rhodes joined the two hundred goal club yesterday. So that was good for Jordan as well. And Jordan's looked good this week, hasn't he? He's got two goals in two games, and he looks uh he's looking good as the old Fox, isn't he, Jerry?
2: I don't don't know. I don't know. (laughs) I I don't understand the bias striker talk at all. Um like Ward and Rhodes have played four collective games and they've scored four goals, despite the fact that town have created approximately four chances. Um, (laughs) I I just don't understand any striker that you would play above either Ward or Rhodes uh, is going to cost more money than Mm. town need to spend on a striker. Like just by definition to me, buying a striker doesn't make any sense. Like that money needs, Go towards, you know, as you pointed out, left back, you know, left wing back, maybe a right wing back, maybe another winger, something along those lines. Like in terms just, of the first eleven, it it's not,
1: not
6: necessarily. necessary. Yeah, I think there I are think strikers the that are nice to the... have. Go on, Cos.
1: I think the pleasing thing with set piece goal was that listening to the uh, Utebi Terrier podcast this week, where he mentioned quite shocked me that I think Pat, what was it? Uh, oh no, the the stats, the XG stats, something like Ulster Town, like. Take the way the set pieces some something like the fourth worst, like goal-scoring team in the in the division. So open play, yeah. But people less tactically now than me, it's kind of like if we don't improve a set pieces, we're in deep doo doo unless we do something totally different that we haven't done last season. So it was kind of pleasing to see that that goal go in. But I must admit, I was like, wow, that 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 was another <laughs> thing. I, I kind of turned it off as I go, oh, my god, we. But so I think the other, really the other think way to
6: spin yeah. that as well, Cos, is that Huddersfield Town were good at set pieces and once we got in front, we tended to sort of cling on to what we got. So I suppose the yeah. other way to look at it is if we don't score a set piece, we keep pushing and score differently. But it, it's strange, isn't it? Like, I said, goals, like we've said with the Stoke game, goals change games all the time, don't they? And Incidents you know, yeah. change games. So who knows? Uh, we'll probably find out this year, won't we? But... Um, Let's let's go on. So bez five six seven says, Russell has hardly played for a year, needs six or seven games before he's judged. I think I agree with Bez on that. I think Ruffles needs a good run, doesn't he, before we, we start tearing strips off him, which we don't really want to do anyway. Uh, Mark Caris says, Ruffles may be a slow burner like Turton. I think that's a really good point as well. Turton took 20 games or so, did he, last year before? Because he looked... Yeah.
1: Definitely,
6: let's let's be he honest, looked he looked naff, didn't he, Ollie Turton, for <laughs> 20 games. 20, 20, well, he only played 26. But for the first few months, he looked like every bit of League One right back, didn't he? And then all of a sudden he's the ginger cafe, isn't he? And he's, you know, and he's a big cult hero among the town fans. So, yeah, let's give Josh Ruffles some time. I think that's very right from Bez and Mark that we perhaps, uh, perhaps give him the benefit of the doubt for a little while. So, you know, let's get behind Josh Ruffles, including me. Uh, Terra says, you to me are everything. I think we need another line from that, from Terra, But that sounds like, that does sound like a winner for the South Stand. I quite like that. You to me are everything. I'll think about that because I think that's actually got a good potential there. That's pretty good. Uh, Right. So, thanks to everybody from online. uh, And we're going to move on to Huddersfield Town 1, Preston North End 4. And we're going to quickly move off of that as well because neither of us, none of us really want to delay on this. But, um, I think there's a really good breakdown of this game if you listen to uh, the Chicken Trick Stephen and uh, and Dave from their podcast last week about you know it followed on the back of Huddersfield 1 Preston 4 and there's a little tactical breakdown and failure of the shape as well the out of possession shape we've mentioned which we don't need to go over again um, so if you're looking for anything on Huddersfield Town 1 Preston 4, I would recommend listening to uh, Stephen and Dave on that one because they nail the um, issues around the shape and how Town looked really narrow and the, how they were bypassed really easily by crossfield balls and you know and then the ball back across into the box uh, really easily. But Town have have remedied or remedied a lot of that issue with what they did on Saturday. So really, if we go into the tactical breakdown of Huddersfield 1 Preston 4, hopefully it's not going to be relevant. Because Huddersfield Town have acted upon that and switched. All we'll say is that we're always shit at the League Cup, so you know nothing's changed there from <laughs> Huddersfield Town. So um, yeah, we never do anything in the League Cup, do we? Cause so you know, fair, you know, let's move on nicely. Uh, unless anybody's got anything to say on that, I need a hammer, don't I?
1: Like a judge. No, we're just interested. Again, it, the. Uh, what, well, the 12 championship teams went out? There was some ridiculous figure, wasn't there? There was some bad defeats. 12 out 12, 12, that... of
6: 14 went out to a lower league team or something like
1: that? Yeah. something like I think, that? Yeah. But again, somebody was uh, putting the old article together. I think we're in the Athletic, the old crisis, the League Cup. It's, on its you know, Jack Jones. It's, it is amazing. It's still around for me, to be honest with you, mate. But yeah, I didn't lose. I'm all good at that. We just were in disarray, really, rather than went out of it, to be honest
2: with you, and that as well. But... The manner was bad, wasn't it? The manner I, of the
6: performance was pretty bad, but
2: yeah. The second goal where, you know, the Preston guy comes across the middle of the box and there's three town defenders there and then none of them pick him up. He just has basically a tap in, you know, um, and then nobody really reacts that, you know, I couldn't watch it live, uh, went back and, you know, watched the replay and the highlights and, you know, that was really sort of the troubling thing was that it highlights, you know, obviously in scare quotes here, um, you know, that there didn't seem to be a reaction to that goal where, you know, it's just an extraordinarily simple goal to give up um, and that there weren't some of the recriminations that we've seen, you know, no finger pointing. There did, just didn't really seem to be rea- a reaction at all. And, you know, that was kind of the troubling thing um, was that, you know, you're off of these two defeats in the league you know pretty poor performances in the first half of both and you're hoping to see a reaction in the first half and instead you get this just sort of anti-reaction and it's like well is this because the players have sort of you know downloaded from the coaching staff that this game just does not really matter and certainly when you make as many changes uh you know to the starting 11 um you know certainly the everybody knows that the game does not matter as much as like a league game. So is it from that sort of perspective or is it from the perspective that like Schofield, you know, is, you know, lost the locker room and the players were already checked out and that sort of thing. So that was worrying. Um, And so that, you know, again, that sort of makes Saturday's performance all the more important. And that makes it sort of all the better uh, to see town come out. And especially in that first half, just like at the end of, you know, going into halftime on Saturday, it's just, you know, I felt like taking this, this just huge breath of like, yes, like, you know, things are not as bad as they have looked, you know, the team is capable of coming out and putting together a professional performance. No, they weren't perfect. Um, you know, but just, you know, it, it, people kept bringing up, you know, the Jan Seward era uh,
7: mm-hmm.
2: and the start of that season. And, you know, it, I don't think Schofield ever sort of earned that comparison, but, you know, the performance against Burnley to start this season was not that dissimilar from the performance against Derby to start that Seaward, you know, season. Like those performances, you know, had a lot in common. Um, and so to see them come out on Saturday and get that reassurance that, like, no, that's not how things are. Yeah. First uh, 45 minutes, even if the game had finished in a draw, even if it had finished. You know, in a competitive loss, uh, you know, we I think I would still have that sort of buzz, for lack of a better word, after the first 45 minutes where it's like, okay, you know, they can do this. We know these players are capable of putting together a professional performance. And hey, there they did it. Um, You know, that was something I think I was going to take with me, regardless of how the game actually the result uh, went there in the second half.
6: Yeah, I think you're quite right there because I, I think we we all mentioned on the podcast there were there were shades of you know Jan Seaver, but I think with with what Danny Schofield did in terms of changing shape and changing system, Jan yeah. was quite married to that four three three, and everybody had to play this four three three. I think the way the the way the reasons, the the comparisons came about was that what was being asked was too complicated maybe for yeah. the players, and it wasn't working, and and Jan stuck to that. Const- constantly uh, and it's really what saw the ending whereas Danny's changed that already so I think we can now say we can now have the uh, the comparison crossroads you know like you see on Fast and Furious with Paul Walker and Vin Diesel going off in different directions now and Jan Siever has gone that way to, to be consigned to history and Danny Schofield hopefully now goes on to have a long and successful coaching career with Huddersfield Town we hope um so yeah we can put that one to bed i think quite early which is always good to do uh also putting something to bed before we we mentioned cosy uh, as he's scrolling along only fans on his phone oh, uh, there's a the
1: <laughs> my too hot about <laughs> you look like you i've got
6: a uh, double edged for me as well jerry's sat there in alabama going you guys are amateurs but there's like it's it was air no, we
2: so oh,
6: well yeah. we don't i've got my I've got the door open next to me, but I live next to next to the canal, so then it's quite insecty if you like, so I've got the light on and the door open, so I'm gonna be flooded yeah. with flies and all sorts of stuff in a minute, but never mind but uh yeah, so what we're gonna talk about now is uh social media for pars, if you like, so Danny Grant and Sorba Thomas have both uh incurred one's incurred the wrath, the other one not so much, and um it feels a bit double standardy in some ways to me. I genuinely think if you had an issue with Saber Thomas's Instagram post, which to me was nothing really more than somebody just trying to put something inspirational on social media and failing, um, that if you took that in a really, if you, if you took great offence to that, then I, I find that really peculiar that you would you would do that. It, it, you know, all he's put there is really we get something really nothing like we go again. You're either with us or against us, and it doesn't really sort of. Say like a lot of people are sort of acting as if he said, "Right, that's it." Huddersfield Town fans are absolutely shit. You lot can (coughs) do one. I'm going to go out and do it and play for myself. And that seems to be how they took that. And it's just really bizarre how to make that leap from something which I thought was quite innocent and maybe not particularly well thought out, but to to sort of that level of offence. I just found really bizarre, and I just thought there's people, and I think it's just really when you're not doing particularly well. I think people sort of jump on things a lot more whereas if we'd have won against Preston and he'd have put that everyone would have been like yeah come on let's get behind sober it's just I think it's just the 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 room temperature when he posted that was probably higher than Cozzy's you know Cossie's front room there so it's really sparked a reaction which probably shouldn't have happened but it did um but he responded really on the pitch with the in the right way didn't he, he put uh, you know he worked really hard against stoke and, and you yeah know, and, and not everything it losing game Football. Yeah, because
1: mm-hmm. did you see Tino's post when again someone was steaming into him? Uh, we're oh, good, he'll good work Tino. Yeah. I can't exactly Tino. But it were good, it were like, well, we need support and what have you, and that as well. But I think it's just like, Oh, Matt, you, you have a look at some of Man United's uh, players' post probably after tomorrow night, last night. Sorry, bad. We're winning games, people, you know, blowing smoke up uh, people's backsides, and if we're losing it, everyone's just slagging people off. It was the same when Phil, when we were on that bad run, weren't we, and stuff. and you know, yeah, you know, people were steaming into him. I know he didn't help himself, but yeah, I must admit that with the, uh, the carry-on with the sword, but Thomas, I hadn't seen it, but I, my timeline were flooded with, who do you think he is this and the other? So I was expecting some proper juices. So yeah, I, I was. Like, oh, like, <laughs> yeah. And then I saw it, and I was like, you I felt let what? down
6: when I saw it. I was like, oh, I <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah,
1: it's, uh, it, I still can't understand. Like, the Danny Grant thing is frustrating. He's got to be frustrated, hasn't he? Yeah, he's, fr- yeah, he's
6: frustrated, right. yeah.
1: Again, you know what, if he does go out on loan, which is what they're reckoning and stuff, I don't know. That might have always been the plan. You just don't know that. But obviously people are going to put two and two together. They did that, and then he's, you know, he ain't gone out on loan yet, but he's he could be out on loan and stuff. But it's, They uh, uh, he must be so frustrating for the guy. I mean, God, it's not exactly execution stuff, what he did and, and that as well, but... <laughs>
6: They had, they had the whole mask over him, didn't they? And there was the guy from the axe from, uh, it was all, almost like uh, Sean Bean in Game of Thrones' first series, wasn't it? He was up on the stage and everything, and you know, you've know, you got the guy with the big axe and everything ready to take his head off. It was absolutely mad, wasn't it? But And and Danny Grant is just, just a so frustrated young player. Yeah. Yeah. A frustrated social young, young player, so Cos.
1: Yeah, social media has been so good for me. I'll never forget like interacting with Eiffel in the promotion season. He He's themed onto my Instagram, like, that video you put on, can you send me and all this lot? And it was brilliant it was the start of a and a great kind of you know time on it because definitely we're putting them other videos on and stuff for the air and this and dressing gown and on and on and on but the, the one common denominator here is that we were winning games if i feel they were doing that when we were bad in that you know second season they've been destroyed and it's the same the other day you know with sauber and stuff it's it just makes me sad that i mean you kind of feel we're in the glass house here but we obviously we got definitely with to be, the heat in like, your this room. Is what we do, but it's so frustrating, though, that when this was a man who like nearly took us into the Premier League. And, well, think of all the it, dancing, yeah, but yeah. why, why are people so mad about, angry about football and stuff? And I just don't get it. It's so frustrating, and just can't yeah. attend. Don't be posting that, but and then it's like no wonder, like I mean. People sort of, some sort of cup of the ear at the fans and this that and the other. It's, he didn't. It's yeah, just, he just didn't. It's so unnecessary, you know. It was like up last
6: up. year when we weren't doing well, and and there was that thing where Dwayne Dwayne Holmes forked, You know, he was forking the the town fans, and I know three people that were there in front of the incident and said no, he didn't. And it's people that weren't at the incident, you know, stirring and just stop shit stirring and you know. Yeah. I mean, it just it yeah, just does, like does my head and stuff like but, that. Yeah. But, and yeah, and Danny Grant's just a frustrated young player. He's liked something he probably shouldn't have, and then unliked, realized he's made an error, unliked it again. No need for it's a hangman's like noose, a noose thing, or anything, it. is it just
1: whatever the club were posting out? Like the, the people just like steaming in straight away, like you know, what, 10 pounds in, well, no one's gonna come and you know, why do people just have to fill in here have to put all that rubbish there? Just just don't comment on it or take a break from the site or mute Odyssey or town for a bit. I, I must admit, so you did, days, but I, <laughs> yeah, I did, I did for a while because I was getting up on my nails, a lot of the stuff, but. I don't steam it in like this is garbage and this is rubbish and I have you know, another sponsor and all this it's like man it's just like you get a thick skin cuz like I I do the social media I I work and you get a thick skin with like the abuse and stuff you just keyboard warrior you get on with it but it's just some some people are more sensitive than others and and stuff and uh,
6: it's quite rife I across mean, football is not it it's, it's not it's not an it's not a Huddersfield thing is it? is it, no. you, you look at, it's 10 times worse if you look on Man United's feed and all that sort of stuff, and it's only yeah, like the same four or five accounts, isn't it? Every time that are that yeah. doing it, so it's only it's a an small, small, really,
1: Matt, just, Small sample. which is disappointing to see people steam into a guy who was giving us a lot of, uh, you know, a lot. Yeah, you think back of, to you think back think to last big, year, big, don't
6: you, with the you know, you know, with the dancing yeah, in the south stand, him good. and pause both going at like this and,
1: yeah, and all that, Even and, having a go, you know. weren't he? So what or not? But again, I think it's just three games frustrating and people just looking at any excuse to kick a town. We've got some strange fans that want to kick themselves while they're down and I don't get it.
6: Oh, well, we'll, we'll move on. Jerry, I don't, you've not really said much. And I don't really think there's much to say, is there really? Other than play I a mean, post something yeah. on social media, people yeah. overreact. That's about it.
2: <laughs> it's just, I worry. What bothers me about social media abuse is that I, I just wish I could like, you know, sometimes get the athletes in the room and just say, you know, whether it's for town or, you know, the, you know, U S football teams I follow or, you know, whatever sport, just sit them down and say, this is, please remember that this is a tiny portion of like the fan base. Oh. Um, you know, I, I just worry when Sorba posts that, I feel like a little bit like he is feeling uh, you know, just uh, rattled by the, res- the reception that he's gotten from town fans, like maybe on the field a little bit. And then he turns on his phone and he gets this reception from, you know, uh, the fans that are on social media. And I worry that he is sort of expanding that to the entire fan base. Now, I don't think he is. I'm just saying this is sort of what I worry about when athletes and fans interact on social media is that the athletes sort of, Get the idea that the fan base is more against them than they are, you know, that this is really a very small, unfortunately, very vocal minority. Um, you know, and so I, you know, that's the frustrating angle for me. You know, I have really no problem with Sorba posting what he posted. I don't really have a problem with Grant. You know, in a perfect world, does he like a tweet that he liked where everybody can see him liking it? No, but of course he's frustrated. Like, there's no way on earth to begrudge him having, you know, not received the playing time. I'm sure that he expected to receive when he signed for Huddersfield town. I think by all accounts, he's worked very hard to get back healthy again after his injuries. And he hasn't sort of received the reward for that effort yet. Of course he's frustrated, um, you know, and right in the heat of after the game, you know, so he pushes one button on his phone and everybody goes, Aah! you know, stop. Like, you know, it's just one very frustrated young player who has reason to be frustrated uh, making one slip up with his thumb. Uh, You know, that's just not reason enough uh, to be angry. And, you know, sore about the good times. You know, this is, again, why Saturday's game, I think, felt more important than it probably was. You know, uh, it's game three out of 46 in this league season. You know, Forrest went up last season after – not winning what you know, they won one of their first 11 or 12 or something like that. It's a yeah. long, long, wonder who they wonder who they
6: beat to get them on the way as well.
2: <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> my bad, uh, but anyways, the point and is, with this. Uh, you know, losing your first three games is not really the end of the season, but just uh, the vibes, for lack of a better word, uh, were bad, and you know, that that sort of to me was what I was taking away from Sorba's. Instagram post on its own in a vacuum. No, it's totally innocuous. But just on top of some of the boos that we've heard in the stadium, the sort of lifeless Preston performance, uh, you know, I I think town really needed a win. Um, And, you know, again, like you said, Matt, credit to Schofield for sort of recognizing that and saying, I'm not going to just kind of keep on with the same thing that I've tried. It hasn't worked. We really need a result here. uh, And we're going to do something different. And credit to town for going out and getting it.
6: Yeah, absolutely. There's there's not many uh, comments coming in really from online about it. I just think everybody's just l deli- we've won a game, so it's he's, he's gone. Kind right. Of thing, as soon really. as you win, it's yeah, not I a it, like, at all.
2: all you yeah. need is win. You win and like it's the storm cloud just yeah. totally dissipates. Yeah, exactly. No, and, you know, we've got really rainbows cares. and you know, prancing unicorns and happy bunny rabbits <laughs>
6: Tuesday. Until we lose again, and then you know <laughs> we'll then see so, what happens, so yeah. is the devil. Yeah. <laughs> um the other the other thing I was gonna mention is there's there's a huge clamour for Danny Grant to play. And it's something I call Joe Lolly syndrome, whereby the ability of a player seems to magnify and seems to almost triple when he's not playing and Huddersfield Town out winning. And we saw this with. Joey Good Johnson. I remember when uh, Simon Grayson came in. Cosy probably maybe remember this more than you, Jerry. But when Joey Good Johnson uh, played for Huddersfield, he was so lazy, disinterested. He was talented, <laughs> but very lazy, very disinterested. Waste of space, really. We used to call him Gimli from Lord of the Rings because he was just this little dwarf walking around kicking people. And and then when Simon Grayson came in, we we stopped we didn't win as many games initially and there was this huge clamor silly clamor why enjoy God johnson playing joy good johnson needs to play we have to play joe you know it was a really silly sort of clamor for him and he played and surprise surprise he was shit and he was back out of the team quite quickly again and there was there was this huge thing with joe lolly joe lolly seemed to become a world beater when he wasn't playing and everybody always used to sort of clamor for joe lolly why isn't joe lolly playing and then he'd play and then no one had say anything he didn't really do a lot and then he'd be back out of the team and then Few months later, why is not Joel Holly played? And then he play back out of the team. You know, didn't do anything back out of the team, and it just feels like Danny Grant is the latest in a succession of players that Huddersfield Town fans are putting on this pedestal up here, whereby they're putting a little bit of pressure on the player because Danny Grant's a young player who's who's had a couple of flashed moments in the B team in pre-season. Looks quite sharp, you know, physically looks quite good. I'd like to see him, but I don't think it's quite the um quite the slight that the free Danny Grant movement have started. I feel like he just feels a little bit over the top to me. I'd like to see Danny Grant. I'd like to see him come off the bench, but I'm not mortally offended that he's not playing on the wing at the minute. Like a lot of people seem to be, but that that, maybe that's just me, but you know, um, but I would like to see Danny Grant at some point, but I'm not overly upset. Like a lot of people are that we're not seeing him, but
2: we can't watch them train. Like, yeah. we don't see you know two-hour youtube streams of their practices like we we get the you know five-minute highlight clips from the b-team games um so you know i also would like to see danny grant uh in an actual competitive Huddersfield town match i think that would be good i think you know uh, i would certainly like to see him above you know uh, a rolando aarons or whoever in the pecking order but right wing is an extremely difficult place to find playing time for Huddersfield town right now. We've got, you know, Holmes can play there. Thomas can play there. Andron can play there. Uh, it's just not, you know, uh, an easy thing to get competitive game time on this squad right now. And, you know, I hope, I think eventually it's going to come. And I hope he seizes that opportunity with both hands. And I don't blame him Mm -hmm. for being frustrated right now, but, you know, on my sort of list of like, potential criticisms of Schofield and his staff so far, Danny Grant hasn't played yet is not very high up that list.
6: Are you agreeing, Coz? Not that asked.
1: No, not that asked, mate, to be honest with you. Not <laughs> as well, it's, uh, yeah, you just got, to, with like Jerry says, we don't see him train and yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it'd be nice if you could, uh, I can understand this frustration and, and yeah, but it's, it's very difficult to comment when you want kind of there and choose night and stuff and yeah, you think, God, if he can't get a game there, when can he not? But you know, he's never really played at pro level, so let's get him uh, alone and uh, see what he can do. Let's see how good he is.
6: No. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. So let's uh, let's just catch up with what's going on on YouTube right now. So there's conversations galore going on at the minute. So some good people in the in the comments. So uh right, okay. So Mark Harrison says, Talk of the Coventry game being switched to a home game due to their pitch issues and yeah, so the, the Commonwealth Games, which um, the USA don't take part in, Jerry, so you probably didn't get much coverage of that over there, but it's essentially like the Olympics just for uh, places, Britain, no, um, shithouse in the past,
2: if you like. I knew that uh, the Commonwealth Games were happening because they were in Birmingham. And That's just right. recently yeah. we had a large athletic competition in Birmingham, which Alabama. is a city about an hour up the road from me here in Alabama. And I just think it's hilarious that there were these two – somewhat similar large olympic style gatherings in both birmingham and birmingham in the same summer
6: yeah i'm sure that people in in birmingham don't don't kind of sound like this to the jerry don't really sort of go around talking like this. i'd love to see the accent over there
2: so we so i <laughs> went to the power lifting at the world games right so one of the events that they have at the world games which is sort of like the uh <laughs> lower rung sports that aren't in the olympics or what make up the world games. There's like powerlifting mm. and corf ball and like acrobatic gymnastics, not like the artistic gymnastics, it's the like Brisbane crazy stuff, stuff, like stuff basically. <laughs> um and so we went to the powerlifting and they they had a, an announcer from the UK who did insist on pronouncing it Birmingham every time. he's like, oh it's so great to be here in Birmingham, and uh <laughs> My children took particular offense to that. I was trying to explain <laughs> that, like, you can't get over an entire lifetime of pronouncing it one way and start saying ham at the end just because <laughs> you happen to be in the yeah. city for one event. It's uh, not like West Ham, is it? <laughs> it's not. It, it, it's exact, no, that's pretty much how it's pronounced. It's Birmingham. Mm. Um, you know, uh, so I, I tried to explain to my kids that, like, we have to have some sympathy uh, for how it's pronounced, uh, you know, for this guy who otherwise was tremendous, he was so excited about the powerlifting. If that guy's listening, you did a great job, guy.
6: <laughs> uh, right. So, so yeah, the Coventry game. So, the Commonwealth Games. I think there was something like thirty-six games of rugby union sevens on <laughs> on the pitch in in a week or something. So it's absolutely killed it. So they've had a couple of games suspended. Huddersfield are on the horizon, but there's talk of flipping it to make it a Huddersfield home game. I've never ever seen the football league authorities do that. There's quite a lot of admin to do to switch a game like that. There's especially with regards to, you know, season ticket holders, etc. I think there's just too much mess there, which means that probably wouldn't happen. But from what I see anyway, it looks like Coventry are quite keen on trying to get that game to go ahead. So I presume they'll leave that as late as possible. And if they do that, then there's no way it's going to get flipped and therefore it'll either end up being played at Coventry or postponed. So um, I would imagine those are the two options at the moment. Uh, let's all look. Chris Green's there. So good lad, Chris Green. Uh, he says, I would rather be away for the Coventry game. I like my away games and travelling on coaches. It goes everywhere, Chris. He's off to Norwich uh, on Tuesday night. He uh, certainly gets around. He does more travelling than uh, than anyone I know. Uh, and he also says it should be postponed and played in a free midweek slot at Coventry when their pitch is sorted, which I agree with. Uh, with regards to the Sorber and Danny Grant issues, uh, Chris says, I didn't understand the context of Sorber's social media posts. Everyone looked at it differently, which I think he's right. But if he meant it as a dig at the town fans, then he was wrong to do it. Uh, Bez says, total, just young and experienced kids reacting without thinking. No one ever done that. Uh, and Bez again says, I thought, uh, with regards to Danny Grant, he could have been given 45 minutes on Tuesday. Who knows if he's any good? Well, hopefully Danny Schofield does, that's, you know otherwise um, there'd be some issues there Um, but yeah so I think coming on to the last bits now um, a couple of things just to touch on really we've got uh, on the website we might do a live twitter spaces after the Norwich game Um, there's a Norwich game's been played on On Tuesday, Uh, not a lot of town fans can go, so maybe we might do something after on Twitter. You know, we've not done a Twitter Spaces thing before. Guaranteed to go wrong and be an absolute shit show. It always is, you know, when we try and do something for the first time. But we might try and do that out there, um, depending on uh, numbers and see if we can get people uh, involved. And we might do it like a phone-in as well. So, uh, you know, you guys uh, out there can have your bits and bats and say, and uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, Another good piece of news for us is we've welcomed uh, Brad Barbs. Uh, as he's known or brad barber elsewhere to the takes that chance family brad's by far the best Huddersfield town vlogger out there at the minute he's got quite a good thing going on youtube because he's a big fan of brad's as well out you have to you met him uh at the ground well for an interview with sky wasn't it um so brad's going to do some some bits and he's going to appear on our website as well which is really good so hopefully that increases uh traffic for brad uh and uh awareness uh and also hopefully this week i'll finally maybe get round to releasing the article that i promised weeks ago uh, on our season prediction game whereby uh, i'm going to push out everybody's season predictions but it's just a case of collating them all at the minute uh, into a big spreadsheet the boring stuff before uh, pushing that out so everybody can see what everybody else has uh, has voted for uh and that pretty much brings me to uh the end but stay around because we have uh, an impromptu episode of The Warm Up, filmed by a very sourced up Brady Frost, uh, along with Tom Bradshaw. Uh, Brady is top class after he's had a few beers, you know, everything goes out the window, his, his professional demeanour, even maybe swears, drops the odd swear word in here and there, which is funny to hear coming from his mouth. Uh, and we're going to play that uh, in just a minute um so you guys can hang on in the youtube and you can you can be the first to listen to Brady's warm up for the Norwich game but anything from from you guys Jerry cause you look like Coz is, Oh, always looks like he's got something to say anything for to round up buddy
2: i think tuesday is going to be really interesting norwich have started terribly um, they've got one point from their first three matches. So they're a little bit in the situation, the town we're in going into Saturday If town <laughs> come away with a result on Tuesday, or even just a really good performance. You know, that's I think going to be an extremely positive sign. That's it.
1: Yeah. Agree with Jerry. I think we're just going to have to stick in there. And we'll come under the cosh. It's that's just how we can handle it. i saw them play Wigan the other week and Wigan were really strong and stood up to them. And yeah, hopefully the boo boys will get at them and, uh, yeah, We can do something good, but yeah, they'd be late, wouldn't it? We get just one point and stuff as well. I know. But can you imagine if we beat Norwich it?
6: and then all of
1: a sudden everybody's like,
6: What's all the what was all the kerfuffle yeah. at the start of the season?
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, I'll tell you but this is putting my head on the line, but this, you it can't be as bad as last time.
4: Yeah,
6: let's go, yeah. right, guys. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening online. Stay around for uh, for Brady's uh. For Bradlejuice and the boys, thanks to Ken Davy and Andrew Watson in the empty chair. Uh, thanks, uh, thanks, Jerry. Thanks, Cosy. And let's roll in Bradlejuice.
3: Hello and welcome to a very special warm-up preview of the Norwich game. We're recording live from Magic Rock straight after the Stoke game. Three-one up the town. Come on, first win of the season. Up May the we... towel,
5: Magic Rock. That is the voice of Tom Bradshaw. We're also joined by James Whitaker. James, how are you? Very good, thank you. Excellent win for the Terriers today much uh not exactly expected but um, uh, and uh,
3: we're also joined by joe a, a, a voice that we're very familiar with joe you all right yeah i'm good thanks how are you good man yes i'm very good very good first win of the season then
8: chaps how we feeling then good win very needed win tom i'm going to come to you first how we feeling about that i'm feeling great town played really well i thought actually i think there was a bit maybe 15 20 minutes where stoke were the better team but overall i do think town deserved the three points today dwayne holmes was miles offside for that third goal though absolute love it the refs owe us though
3: yeah uh, efl if you hear that don't well it doesn't matter we won so you can hear that as much as you want james wh- who impressed you i've got to say the right back Kessler hayden i thought he was class today
5: yeah, very impressed. I mean, we looked at the um, team sheet before and they seem to be playing three, four fullbacks on uh, which we're trying to work out. But I, I loved it. I loved it. Na- uh, you know, um, Nakamara absolutely class, like great goal. I think that just got us underway. And then Rodoni just dropping into that midfield role was just absolutely brilliant as well. But yeah, absolutely great performance, much needed and um, kept the Stoke fans quiet at the end, which we all like. So yeah. Lovely stuff,
0: lovely stuff. Joe, who stood out for you then? Um, I think Nakiyama was a standout, but I'd probably hand it to Rodoni. Just because before I was a bit worried that we'd be left wanting in midfield, only hoggy and him in there. And uh, yeah, I think he stood up defensively with Rodoni. Um, yeah, I think it's good to him for me. No, I
3: I completely agree. Rodoni really impressed me. We talked about it in the uh, in the preview, the hog Russell, it just won't work yeah. And I hate to say it, and this is no disrespect on um, Johnny Russell, but um I think we looked better with in the team today. It looked a bit
8: more fluid. Tom, yeah. I think I think that's what we were missing, weren't we? I think Hogg and Russell, too similar, too slow. They do the same job. And today, the complementary actions that Ridoni brought to the game with Hogg. Hogg did the dirty work. Ridoni picked it up, turned out, found those passes. It was beautiful to watch at points today. It, like, ta- what I love about this, right, Look, Carlos was effective and won us games, but you know what? Schofield is obviously a lot more direct. There was a lot of points today where, rather than maybe passing it around a bit at the back, we just went straight forward, playing it down the flanks to Sorbo and the new lad, and even to Ward up top now and again. I just, I just think if if it can click, maybe I'm hoping it wasn't like Stoke were just a bit rubbish today. But if it isn't. Then it, i think we could be seeing some exciting football this year
3: no absolutely and we talked about like well danny schofield actually mentioned it in the press conference he was talking about a moment to go your way and i think to be honest it, with that penalty for let's say from nichols james what, what was your thoughts on that
5: yeah i mean from where i sit in the ground not really easy to see whether it was a penalty or not um so but obviously great save from nichols and i think just something like that can be a turning point the crowd fully got behind them after that and he just felt like it gave us a bit of a, a bit of a lift something to get angry about and something to really you know make some noise about so i think something like that can make a big difference in the game and then i think just coming up on what tom said i think jonathan hogg had an absolute sterling performance we were you know, I was at, I was cackling at some of the passes he was putting in. Some of the I think he even did a I think he even did a little um, flick round the back. All these little flicks he was doing at times, so, you know, just absolutely rolling back the years. And I, I you know, it was just uh, a joy to see, and it just felt like more of what we can expect from Danny Schofield as a manager, and just a bit more of what we saw as a player. You know, he was a direct player. He you know he had a direct style, and he got stuck in, and that's just what we did today. So. Absolutely, you know, great result and you know, Danny Scotfield's Barmy Army. Now now we're singing it, now we're singing it, you know, so can only can only be lead to good things for me, I think. I love it, a bit yeah.
3: of positivity and and Joe, I think the thing for me with this game was we've seen how good we've been in the second half of the games and first half we've gone, but I think one of the main differences for me was we started well today. That was a big talking point, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, I think it was the way we set up. Um, we just had a bit more covered defensively, which was obviously a weakness in the last few games. Um, so that set us on the right foot, I think. We had a good defensive base and then we built from that. We got chances and we got more confident. And then the penalty situation that James referred to just really galvanised us, I think. And uh, yeah, pushed on from there.
3: Yeah. Well, we've talked a lot about um, the Stoke game, obviously, because we're straight. We've literally walked up and we're a bit out of breath, fishing myself. itself. But uh, attention turns ahead to another game, Tuesday night, Norwich. They've lost today, 2-1 to to hull. Hull, hull, there we go, full time. Um, what a difference a win makes, lads. Uh, I feel like, you know, we lost 7-0 there last time. I know before this game we weren't expecting much. Um, James, how do you feel about it now? Do you feel we could maybe get something from this?
5: Yeah, positive. I think we always have to be targeting the three points in every in every game that we play, and I think that's the way Schoolfield to try and play as well, but. I think um, you know, I think that you know, we've got the style of playing now three four three. So I think uh, that's the way that you know, that's the way that Carlos did it and I think we'll um, we'll be well placed. I think it's more suited to the squad. I think four four two you probably couldn't have the a worse formation to suit our squad. So I think four three you know, four three four, what am I on about? Three, four, three, rather, or even try four, three, four. I don't know. <laughs> so just away just with it. see how many plays we, how many can, players get we can get on the pitch. Yeah. I mean, before the game, we actually—I think we actually joked that we were playing, um you know, five defenders and five strikers. It didn't seem, you know, it didn't seem to fit. But there took you go. us about thirty there minutes to figure out what yeah. the formation yeah. you know, was. I think. There, um, I think on the right-hand side, it was just—I don't think they knew what was coming with the, the new guy that came yeah. in. Yeah. And I think. Um, obviously Norwich might be a bit more wise to that, but when you've got like a new guy and then a guy, you know, um, you've got Turton as well, and he was just just really lent itself to the overloads, then uh, Andrean could kind of tuck in and be like more of a striker at times. So I just think, um, I think really, really good position. I think um, hopefully, hopefully we sort of continue in that vein and we don't go back to this 4-4-2, because I think, you, yeah. just, you know, with Russell, I think, you know, Russell can go away work on his defensive game, and he'll come back hopefully a better player. And we'll, you know, that's that's where we've got a view it at the moment. But um, yeah, you know, it's uh, no reason why we can't go there and target the three points.
3: Well, absolutely. And as we talk about this, Norwich after the results today, they're bottom in the league. So Joe, like we all, know about a relega- <laughs> 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 we all know about a relegation hangover from the Premier League, don't yeah. we, as town fans? Um, I don't know. It's looking a bit more, a bit more
0: rosy, wouldn't you say? Yeah, definitely. Um... I mean, we needed that win badly today, didn't we? we did. um, if we hadn't have won, we'd have been looking in a very sorry state. But yeah, normally I'm terrified of playing Norwich when they inevitably get relegated and we're playing <laughs> them again. But um, yeah, I think we can be positive going into this. They've they've looked pretty shaky. They've um, did they draw to Wigan? early in the season? Was it? Yeah, I think so. Well, they, 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 they they've got only point. got one
8: point, so they drew to Wigan at home. Yeah. They lost today, and then they lost their opening game to what? To a team, wrong. another team. To another a team. team. A yeah. yeah. But they've lost to... This is the insight yeah. you want. Yeah. I yeah.
0: think before they get their feet on the ground and start going, I think we're playing them at a perfect time. Yeah. We can, we can get them for sure. Especially after that, the boys are going to be buzzing, aren't they? After yeah. After that win yeah. today. Yeah. Um, well, you can see it. You could see it on the pitch. They're yeah. all hugging each other. Yeah.
3: But, like, it, I think you're right. Like, in terms of relief, it was a big, it was a big win today. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, um, Tom, final word before we play Norwich. What, what um, were you thinking?
2: Norwich,
8: interesting, um, so it's Cardiff who they lost to. Oh, okay, there we go. They That's lost the insight. one to Cardiff.
3: You stick with us, we'll give you the insight.
8: I think it's going to be difficult because we were just going through that team then, Brady, weren't we, and we were a bit surprised seeing some of the names. I didn't even know Kieran Dow was there yeah, this sure year, will. which oh, is which is quite a... Todd Campwell's back. Yeah, Campwell back there, Dowell. Sinani not even getting on the pitch today, so... Will he come on against Town and inevitably score? Who 100%. knows? Possibly. Pooky starting, but I don't think he's scored yet. Um, he's making a lot of subs in a game, so he's obviously... He's des- he's getting a bit desperate, potentially. Look, I think Joe's touched on it perfectly. Perfect time to play him. They've just come down. It's, all, it's always difficult just coming down. Um, what am I going to say I I think after this win hopefully this is just giving the players a bit of confidence that they need we've touched on it playing five at the back is obviously working a lot better Yeah. yeah go with that again on Tuesday I think similar team definitely same formation see how we get on but I think Joe touched on it perfectly, like, perfect time to play him. Absolutely.
3: And normally when we do the warm-up, obviously we talk about opposition players, blah blah blah. But you, do you know what? Like we're doing a little bit on the fly we're here at Magic Rock, the sun's out, it's summer, town of one, and what a better way to not end it there. Like things are good, things are looking up up the town. Come on, we'll chat next time. See you later. Town.
7: Come on lads. Town. Let's out. Um I think the fans
5: could probably see
0: I was
7: trying my best hard. The amazing elbow. As I said, I've
0: Off the club, started on my own up front, and a really good set of forwards like Jordan were rested.
3: <laughs> okay, so you thought you were done, but justice, the quest for justice, <laughs> it never stops, <laughs> because it's time for The Amazing Elbow. Okay, so Tom, you know the story with The Amazing Elbow. He was left in a precarious position
8: last week. Do you want to talk
3: the listeners through it?
8: He was, so, so far, The Amazing Elbow, he's gone to the ground. He's found some discarded chinos. Then, inside those chinos was a Greek ransom note. And inside that was something mysterious. That was wrong, but loads of Euros and a Greek eye or something. Then he heard a noise down the tunnel. And the listeners, they voted for that noise to be. Chicken and trick having a scrap over XG. He breaks it up and he asks them if they know anything about this mysterious note he found. Hartrick turns to him and he says, dot, dot, dot. So he says, dot, dot, dot. So we're gonna have
3: four options for you here. uh, And you're gonna vote for the best one on the old uh, Twitter and uh, whichever one Tom will draw for the next one. So David Hartrick turns to the Amazing Elbow after they've been having a fight over XG and he says, dot, dot, dot. Tom, do you wanna go first?
8: He says, go to the kits man's office and ask for the cabbage man.
3: Ooh,
8: (laughs) cabbage man, eh?
5: Um, Mr. Whitaker, what does David Hartrick say to the amazing elbow? He says, to be brutally honest, all it says on the note are, town are a bigger club than Brighton. (laughs) (laughs) Okay.
3: He definitely said that, Dave, (laughs) if you're listening. Um, That is true. um, So David Hartrick in this, you know, real scenario, this definitely happened by the way.
0: He, he turns to the amazing elbow, and what does he say, Joe? He says that it's actually a, uh, a compensation offer from Piper all the way from Athens, apologizing for his foul throw against Forrest and the cup. <laughs> <laughs> I am very
5: <pretty> sorry, guys. <laughs> okay.
3: I also I also had the sorry Dave we love you but um, people have pointed out on Twitter Dave would say in my scenario uh, to be brutally honest with you I didn't see anything but then he looked to the director's box Ooh. <laughs> so we will see what happens so the poll will come out you will vote in it and whatever happens Tom will draw we will make Tom draw and uh, yeah draw look it. forward to draw it, draw draw it. it. <laughs> we'll look forward to the next one this is half an hour.
4: There's a team that is dear to its followers The colours are bright blue and white They're a team of renown
7: They're the pride
4: of the town And the game of football is their delight And all the
6: Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal?
8: Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via McDelivery afterwards. Three points, Nut Nugget share box, spot on. Order Delivery now via the McDonald's app. You in.
6: At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.